Greetings and welcome to the JACCP podcast. This is Stuart Haynes, and I'm the Senior Associate Editor for the Journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. And I'm also Professor of Pharmacy Practice and Director of Pharmacy Professional Development at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. And I'm delighted you are here today because I get to interview Dr. Sarah Wettergreen. Sarah is an assistant professor at the University of Colorado Skaggs School of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences and a clinical pharmacy specialist at UC Health at their Lone Tree Primary Care Clinic. In this episode of the JACCP podcast, I'm going to talk to Sarah about the power of beliefs and how our beliefs contribute not only to the therapeutic benefit from medications, but also to their adverse effects. Dr. Wettergreen, along with her co-authors, Ardeth Ploche and Morgan Stewart, wrote a narrative review published in JACCP entitled Harnessing the Power of Placebos and Mitigating Nocebo Effects in Clinical Practice, which is available in the October 2022 issue of the journal. So, Sarah, it's great to have you on the JACCP podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Stuart. I find this topic completely fascinating. I'm so excited to be here with you today to dive into this wonderful world of placebos. So, Sarah, you and I have had conversations about placebos and nocebos, and you did a fantastic CE program for me on this topic a a couple of years ago. So that's why I'm so delighted that you agreed to write this invited paper, because I think many health professionals overlook the power of our beliefs and kind of dismiss the placebo effect as something that's, quote, all in your head. And so it's not something that's real or legitimate. But in your paper, you talk about how our expectations contribute to both the placebo and nocebo effect. So what are these expectations and how do we develop them? Thanks, Stuart. And you're so right. It seems like placebos are often seen by the public as unhelpful or even a trick when really placebo effects are so influential. I recently saw a joke about placebos that said something like, What do witches call placebo-controlled trials? Trick or treatment? And I think that example really highlights some of their perceptions around placebos. And I'm hoping that through things like this narrative review and this podcast and spreading this information, we can start to change this dialogue. To better understand placebo effects as well as their pair of nocebo effects, it's helpful to first consider the role of expectations in the formation of these effects. I think of many day-to-day examples when I think about expectations and how they've caused me to have physical reactions in life. For example, I'm someone who really loves sour candy, and all you have to do is say the name of a sour candy, like Warheads, and my mouth will start to water. Similarly, if I hear anyone talk about lice, my head will be itchy probably the rest of the day. The funny thing with that is I've never even had lice before, but my body is physically reacting to what others have shaped my expectations to be, which is to have an itchy scalp with lice. So now if we think about these concepts, we can apply that to our approach to pharmacologic therapy. If a patient expects their medication will work well for them, maybe their pharmacist told them it would, their friends or family members have had positive experience with this, it'll shape their expectations and cause them to receive more benefit from the medication. The same is true for that reverse of the nocebo effect. 
One study found that news media coverage of side effects were predictive of adverse event reporting following human papillomavirus or HPV vaccination. We know from these that expectations are influential and can be developed in many ways, including from your past experiences, suggestions from others, or social observations like the media. So, Sarah, as you point out in your review, the the effects produced by any drug are the product of not only its pharmacological activity, but also the belief effects. So placebo and nocebo effects are, in fact, inherent and inherently a part of the mechanism of action of any drug. What's even more amazing to me is that these belief effects are not simply a subjective response, but in many studies, there are measurable physiological changes produced by placebos. So can you give us some examples? Absolutely. I think that many healthcare professionals think of clinical areas where the mind plays a greater role as areas where placebo effects are more influential. Things like pain, anxiety, depression, and it's certainly true that placebo effects are seen in these areas. When first learning about placebo effects, it was more surprising to me to find out how many studies actually show benefit from placebos in other clinical areas where the mind probably doesn't play so much of a role, things like allergic rhinitis. It also fascinates me that physiologic changes can occur from taking a placebo even when the person knows it's a placebo. For example, in one study, they compared open-label placebo, so knowing that it was a placebo that they were taking each day, to no treatment for patients with irritable bowel syndrome. The results of this study showed significant global improvement in symptom severity in that open-label group regarding improvement in their symptoms. So that just seems so interesting to me. How does someone take something they know is a placebo and still have improvement in these physiologic responses and symptoms? But one important point to consider is that expectations really drive these benefits. Benefits from open-label placebos are seen when patients are informed about the power of the placebo effect, when they take the placebo habitually, and when they have a positive attitude about the potential for benefit. And when I think about these things, I think about the influence pharmacists can have in each of these areas. We educate patients on things like medications. Why could that not support additional benefits supported by the placebo effect? Taking medication habitually comes into the picture. We certainly encourage medication adherence as pharmacists. So, so many pieces of this can be influenced by pharmacists. When I think about some of these placebo effects, So many of these concepts can also be applied to their pharmacologic therapy. So if the patient believes the medication will work and takes it habitually, there is a greater likelihood that they'll receive the intended benefits from use. So given that our beliefs can enhance our response to medications, but they can also detract or diminish our response, it seems to me we should be paying a lot more attention to these belief effects. Clearly, pharmacists and other health professionals can influence patient beliefs. I've always told my students that the most important ingredient during a clinical encounter is the provider of care, not the treatment prescribed. So what are some things we should do in practice in order to harness the power of placebo and then mitigate those nocebo effects? I think that's the critical element here. 
there's a growing body of evidence for the existence and influence of both placebo and nocebo effects, but guidance on how to harness the power of placebos and how to mitigate these nocebo effects is fairly limited. In this narrative review, my colleagues, Dr. Ploche and Stewart, and I outline strategies of things that individuals could do, health systems could do, as well as the profession overall. So as a preview to that, for our conversation here, we'll focus on strategies we recommended for individuals. I think a lot of the ways pharmacists can influence placebo and nocebo effects comes down to conversations with the patient and building trust. I agree with what you said, Stuart. The provider of care and their relationship to the patient are the most important elements of that clinical encounter and have such a big impact. Patients are more likely to experience benefit from their medication if they believe their healthcare provider appears confident, competent, trustworthy, and empathetic. So when we think about pharmacist-provided care, I would say pharmacists should prioritize building and strengthening trust with patients to support their efforts in patient education and to help their patients to improve these placebo-type effects or enhance the efficacy of their medication therapy and to mitigate some of these side effects. Once trust is developed, pharmacists can then ask patients about their beliefs about medications in general or about the medications they take and can then use this information to guide conversations about perceptions of medications. There's a tool called the Beliefs About Medications Questionnaire, or BMQ, that can be used to help with this. It's a simple survey tool. There's a few different versions of it, and it doesn't take too many minutes to use in a clinical practice setting. And it helps us to better understand what patients think about their medications. Patients with negative perceptions about medications may benefit from additional education regarding the reasons for using a particular medication, understanding the risks versus benefits of use, as well as its side effect potential. Lastly, another approach I use in my clinical practice often is reframing side effects to mitigate nocebo responses. We know honesty and transparency are really important parts of our relationship with a patient, and we need to share accurate information about medication side effects because sharing these risks is an essential element of informed consent. But the way these side effects are communicated can decrease the chance of the side effect even happening. The way this plays out in practice, for example, could be explaining possible side effects of statin medication therapy to a patient. In this example, instead of saying muscle pain occurs in 4% of people who take simvastatin, I would positively reframe this to say 96% of people who take simvastatin do not experience any muscle pain. This doesn't take any extra time and can help prevent side effects for the patient. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me today for the JACCP podcast. This is such an intriguing and yet so important topic. I I hope all of our listeners will read your paper. Again, the paper is entitled Harnessing the Power of Placebos and Mitigating Nocebo. Timeout redo. Again, the paper is entitled Harnessing the Power of Placebos and Mitigating Nocebo Effects in Clinical Practice. It was published in the October 2022 issue of the Journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy, and it's available on our website.